Welcome to episode 84 of Closer Mentality. I'm your host, Julia Mellet. Today's guest, Maddie Cohen, is a member of Team USA bobsled, but she wasn't always a winter sport athlete. Cohen found that training for the sledding sports catered to her need for speed and adrenaline, yet it calmed her mind. She only had one minute to propel she and the sled down the track. In that minute, nothing else mattered except speed and safety. Cohen's entrance into winter sports came through summer sports. There's a direct pipeline from sports like track and football to bobsledding. The leg power, speed, and proprioception translate into pushing a sled. You normally come from a separate sport like track. Um, some people come from softball. There's a couple of other sports that are, we have a variety from, but yes, typically you come from another sport and come into bobsled. Maybe football will be another one for running backs, but track, because we push a sled, uh, sprinting mechanics translate really strongly over from to bobsled to pushing a bobsled. Cohen entered the winter sports scene at age 15 through a recreational program at the Northwood School, her boarding school in Lake Placid, New York. Cohen, a Lake Placid native, had grown up around the Olympic Training Center. At 15 years old, her entrance into the sport made her the youngest Team USA bobsled member by nearly a decade. Learning how to steer a bobsled takes between five and seven years to perfect, which sounds extensive. In the context of practice runs and safety procedures, though, the time adds up. It takes us one minute to get down the track. And if you play a soccer game for an hour and a half, two hours or so, we only have practice time every time we go down the track for one minute, and we take three to four runs maybe. So that's three to four minutes a day that we get of practicing driving. And say we get, who says like 40 to 60 days total of driving, maybe 80 days, we're only putting in a couple hours a year of actually learning how to drive, if even hours. So you need like hours and hours and hours of developing that skill before you can really become competent in it. Less than a year into her newfound sport, a then 16-year-old Cohen was fast-tracked through Team USA and placed in the developmental program. They saw potential in her, and months later, Cohen was representing at the 2020 Youth Olympic Games in Switzerland. I'm, I used to do youth, the youth circuit, which was kind of just by myself, which was Youth Olympic Games. You compete against other kids your age, and then that kind of fades out when you're 18 and you move into like the general circuit, which is we have two kind of sections. We have developmental, I guess, uh, well, we have like NAC, which North American circuit, and we have World Cup circuit. And then developmental pilots are kind of people who came in the last couple of years who are still learning how to drive and such. But the being a developmental pilot means I'm still learning my abilities to drive and I'm still learning tracks and such. Whereas on the national team, you're on the team and you have, you, you're a developed pilot. For Youth Olympic Games, I was so young and so new to the sport. It was essentially my first year bobsledding. I didn't have a training plan. I had never pushed a bobsled before. I was one of the brand new pilots in there. So it was I was completely different. One, I was still so nervous to just get down the track. I was still nervous that I was just like not able to like get myself down the track safely. I never crashed, thankfully. My first year, at least, I didn't have quite a few crashes after that. But my first year, I would say Youth Olympic Games was it was almost more stressful in a way because I was so, I was not used to anything. I had, I had never been in that elite of a competition before. I was competing internationally amongst like 20, 25 other nations sometimes. So that level of competition was brand new to me and it was a little more stressful to me. 
But now I would say I'm a lot more used to that role. I can comfortably like, I can, I can get into bobsled now and just know that I can get myself down safely because I understand the tracks a little bit more. I would still say I've, I still have nerves now just before because I was so new, I didn't have this like pressure myself to perform. But as I've gotten older and actually understand the bobs bobsledding a little bit more, I more of a pressure myself to perform well instead of just get myself down the track. Cohen used monobob, single person sledding, as her niche within the sledding sports, but added training for two crew, which includes one brake woman and one pilot in the last year. Cohen's keen sense of anticipation aids in her success as a pilot. It keeps her safe, and in a sport where the margin between success and serious injury is centimeters, safety is paramount. I always mentally prepare before I go down, almost every pilot does. It's You just need to be in the same mental spot every time you go down with utter focus, utter clarity. Nothing else distracts you, and I can everything else completely goes away when I'm, when I'm that focused. There are no distractions that I have, no mental health issues that are bearing at me when I am ready to slide or the guy I'm ready to go down and I'm in that mental space and I can take myself down safely. There is not a lot of margin for error. We don't, we have to be, especially pilots, we have to really be on our A game. We have less than half a second to decide what's coming up next once we're inside a corner. So we have to really, we don't have a lot, of, we can be late, we can be early for late, we can crash for early, we can crash at the end. There is not a lot of margin for error. Or if, and if you don't crash, it's going to be a really bumpy ride <laughs> going down. All bobsled pilots steer using rings inside the sled. Before each run, Cohen works her way through a visualization and imagery run, colloquially deemed a quote mind run, that factors in each turn of the course and each pull of the rings. I do a mind run, which is where I mimic holding onto the D rings in my hands, and I just pretend that I'm pulling them back and forth as I go down the track in my head, which is, I do that a couple times to get myself prepared and situated. Then I really just sit there, no music, just sit there by myself alone and just like cross my hands and just close my eyes. And I put myself into this mental space that I can always get down the track in. Every coach will tell you that you need to do mind runs. Mind runs are what get, it, it's the only way, we only have a minute to go down the track every time we go down, but you can go down the track endless amounts of times in your mind. You can always, you can picture the, you can picture the track and go down and picture yourself, steering yourself around the track. And it's just another way to uh, refresh your brain and get yourself ready to go down. Staying in the moment helps alleviate timing issues, but going down the tracks at speeds of up to 85 miles an hour, any lapse in focus can begin a domino-like downfall. You can mess up things by up to one centimeter and you cannot worry about that. You cannot be like, oh my goodness, I was a little bit late on that corner and I'm a little bit late on the next one. You just have to get ready to be late for the next one so you can correct it by the following corner and be okay with that. But you absolutely cannot get, it's the biggest lesson I had to learn probably as a pilot as well, is you cannot get worked up over things that are happening in prior corners. If I really messed up corner four, okay, so what? Corner 10 is my next goal, not even my next goal. I just, I wanna be back in my same mental space that I was in by corner five. I can't think about what happened in corner four. I just have to be ready to accommodate for my mistakes and get ready to keep on going. In a sport so reliant on focus and physics, athletes like Cohen tend to succeed by prioritizing the minutia and staying in the mental zone. We're all just crazy. That's what I always say about us. We all. You cannot, especially the sliding sports, I've always said that you cannot do the sport and be like perfectly intact. 
Like you have to be like, you have to crave a little bit of craziness, a little bit of adrenaline if you want to do the sport. Because at the end of the day, no matter what fighting sport you're doing, skeleton bobsled or loose, you're going 70, 80 miles an hour down a track, head first, feet first, sitting up. Like you are going so fast and it is so dangerous. And you have to just be okay with that. In terms of the mechanics of bobsled, we're just manipulating so many forces so greatly all the time that we're always, we always need to understand like why we're doing that. Why, when you go around this portion of the corner, is it most efficient instead of driving here? Because we're manipulating pressures essentially when we're driving. And we have to understand like, why can't you steer earlier in the corner versus why should you steer later in the corner? Why do you, like, there's a lot of aspects of driving that are so mechanical and, and like use so many physics that you just have to be able to understand. It is the most unique experience ever to be inside of a bobsled driving it because yes a, a race the only thing that i've heard it compared to is being a fighter pilot is the in terms of g's what we're feeling inside the sled because the brakemen they feel it on their back they're getting pushed down into the sled and we're sitting right up and we're getting those side to side all the time but driving is so it's such a unique experience to anything that I've ever, to whether you're a brakeman or anything, you just can't even describe what it's like to go be driving down ice. Two years into serious international competition, Cohen began to feel distracted. Then 17, she still loved her sport, but her thoughts drifted during training. Her mind was going through a dramatic wavelength of hyper-focus and severe distraction. Something else was going on. I was going through periods of time where I was not sleeping, doing 14 hours of work in a day without stop. And then all of a sudden I would have these crazy burnouts where I would get severely depressed and I would never want to do anything. I was always lying around and I would be like super unmotivated and not want to do anything. And then it was mostly the, the biggest thing for me was the not sleeping and extremely impulsive decisions that was this, the real thing that made me go to a psychiatrist. At the end of our meeting, after she asked me a bunch of questions, the very first thing she said is that I presented with bipolar one disorder based on the length and severity of my symptoms. And the best way to treat it would always be medication, but I was pretty resistant for the first year that I got my diagnosis. I think that I was kind of more in denial because I was just like, there's no way I have bipolar disorder because I've always, I've, I think I've always had this view of myself that, or view of bipolar disorder that you like can't be a functional human or you can't have a like good life if you get bipolar, which was my own prejudice against the disorder, which I eventually came to terms with and realized that no, that is completely false and you can live a very happy, pr productive life no matter your diagnosis. Cohen was diagnosed with bipolar one disorder, characterized by mania lasting at least seven days, followed by depressive episodes that typically last at least two weeks. That diagnosis shifted Cohen's ability to perform dramatically as it impaired her safety. Uh, the depression will get pretty bad sometimes when it comes to training. I go through episodes, I would say probably about a, a once a month for about a week or so, where it is extremely hard to train. I have no motivation. I don't want to do anything. I'm just in bed. It's really hard to socialize and part a lot of my training is I train at the Olympic Training Center for the majority of my training and it's one-on-one um, -on -one training a lot of the time with just my coach or just a push coach or just with like three other athletes so it's a lot of socializing a lot of interpersonal socializing and I just don't have the motivation or the mentality to do that at that time and so it, the depression will really uh, kick me for <laughs> training often and even mania every once in a while I get so overwhelmed and distracted because when I'm manic, I do so many things all the time without thought. 
I just go and go and go that I'm like, wow, now I'm out of time to train. And I've almost become so distracted with, with all these decisions that I'm making that I don't have time to train. At the beginning, Cohen didn't tell her coaches about her BPD symptoms, even as debilitating as they became. I would tell them that I wasn't feeling well, and that's almost easier now. I went, I actually recently had an episode about a month ago, and I was working, I've been working one-on-one with this lifting coach, and I just told him, I was like, I'm going through a really bad spot right now with my mental health, and I can't train for a week, and I know I won't be able to train, I won't be coming out of my room very much. And he was like, okay, that's okay, take your time. And I think a part of me was so afraid that my coaches would just be like, oh no, you have to train. Like you're not being a good athlete if you don't train. And it's absolutely not the case. I've just learned through all of my coaches that when you're, whether it's physical or mental, you need to take your breaks when you need to take them. I think that if I didn't take breaks, I would become so overwhelmed that I would just simply burn out and I would have nothing left inside of me. And I need to be able to acknowledge that I need breaks within myself. I can't just go and go and go all the time. I need to take some time off. I need to take some breaks or else I'm just gonna completely burn out and lose everything. Cohen's symptoms of depression and mania presented most under the surface. Unless they spent extensive time around her, teammates and coaches would have no idea the extent of Cohen's mental health journey. Probably a grand majority of people who you meet who have bipolar disorder, when you first meet them, it will take a long time spending time around them. You won't notice that they have bipolar. You will absolutely not notice it. You will maybe notice that they go through ups and down periods and they're like, oh, they're just moody. They're just not feeling it today when they're really deeply struggling internally. A lot of people can't tell that I have bipolar disorder because I do a very good job of keeping it under wraps, that they that they find it okay because I don't present with symptoms very much to, their, to, them, to themselves in person. So I wonder if often they're just like, okay, because they're like, oh, this is a, not a crazy one, she's okay. But then I wonder if that stigma does translate over for people who do present with symptoms to the public. I had a realization that I, it needed to be talked about. And the reason why I had my own prejudices before I came to terms with it was because it is a stigma. There's a massive stigma going on around any mental illness. And I, it was one of the reasons why I was like, I have to keep this locked down. I can't tell anybody, like nobody can ever find this out about myself. And then I just had this realization where I was like, that's absolutely not the way it should be. Is something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? Regardless if you have a clinical mental health issue like depression or anxiety, or if you're just a human in this world going through a hard time, therapy can give you the tools to approach your life in a positive way. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp's mission is to make therapy more affordable and more accessible. This is an important mission because finding a therapist can be really hard, especially when you're limited to the options in your area. BetterHelp is a platform that makes finding a therapist easier because it's online, it's remote, and by filling out a few questions, BetterHelp can match you to a professional therapist in as little as a few days. It's easy to sign up and get matched with a therapist. If this sounds like something that could help you, there's a link in the show notes to get you started on your therapy journey. Clicking that link helps support this podcast, but it also gets you 10% off your first month of BetterHelp. Because finding a therapist is a little like dating. If you don't really fit with a the therapist matched with you, it's easy and free to switch therapists without stressing about insurance, who's in your network, or anything like that. Click the link in the show notes or visit betterhelp.com forward slash closer mentality. That's betterhelp.com forward slash closer mentality. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Did you know that you can purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore? 
With Libro FM, you can pick from more than 325,000 audiobooks, including bestsellers and recommendations from real booksellers. You'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know the name. But you'll be part of a different store, one that supports your local community. If you're new to audiobooks, they're the perfect way to squeeze more reading into your busy life. Listen with the free Libro FM app while you do chores, walk the dog, or relax at home. If you already love audiobooks and don't know what to listen to next, check out recommendations from the people who know best, booksellers. Closer Mentality has partnered with Libro FM on a special offer. Through the link in the show notes, you can get two audiobooks on Libro FM for the price of one with your first month of membership. Thanks to Libro FM for sponsoring this podcast. Are you an athlete rehabbing from an injury? Are you a coach or athletic trainer seeking additional support for your injured athlete toolkits? KT Tape has exactly what you need. KT Tape is a rehabilitation tape that helps stabilize and compress sensitive areas of the body during exercise. Apply KT Tape to an area either in pain or in recovery and feel the difference. KT Tape is comfortable, stable, and long-wearing. There's tape for all modes of action, from gentle, which is safe for easy activity and everyday use, to pro-extreme, for athletes in moderate to high-impact exercise. KT Tape makes water-resistant tape as well, for more adaptable rehabilitation implementation. KT Tape caters to lifelong athletes and focuses on reducing muscle soreness for all users when worn during exercise and up to 48 hours post. If you feel like you or your athletic department could use KT Tape, go to the link in the show notes. The links to BetterHelp.com, Libro FM, and KT Tape are all down in the show notes. Now, let's get back to the episode. As Cohen learned to coexist with BPD, an unanticipated bonus began to emerge. Whilst that especially racing severely, I'm it's very it contributes to my mania a lot. I always feel like not, I always have this like almost like overbearing excitement when I'm manic and I have that a lot when I'm training or I'm racing. So I, and it doesn't necessarily contribute to mania, but almost make my depression feel better every once in a while because I'm so excited about what I'm doing that I I would say that bobsled almost helps my bipolar disorder a little bit more because I'm so focused on just the sport itself that almost everything else goes away. Focus helped alleviate Cohen's symptoms, at least for the minute she was sledding. Nothing else mattered except anticipating the next curve. When she was steering a bobsled, she wasn't Maddie Cohen, the girl struggling with bipolar disorder. She was Maddie Cohen, Team USA bobsled pilot. One of the intersections of Cohen's bipolar diagnosis and her ability to perform at an elite level comes with the brakeman seated behind her in the sled. The Olympic Games run monobob and two-woman events, and Cohen is in the process of training for the latter. Issues arise when symptoms of Cohen's diagnosis interfere with her ability to lead. She becomes introverted, and with brakeman turnover as high as it is, Cohen's partner changes frequently. You have to be a team player. You're or, you're organizing a lot of what's going on, the brakeman and such. Like you're rotating through brakeman often. You have to have consistency with them. You have to be in complete synchronization with them when you're going off the start. So. Teamwork and leadership are two huge qualities of bobsled pilot outside of the sliding, sliding aspect of things. Two, the ability to really just 
focus. There is no other way I can describe it other than just being able to have that like mental space that you can get to where nothing else bothers you and nothing else is like coming at you. You you mess up a corner, you can't think about it because you have 10 other corners coming up. And if you think about it, you're going to mess up every single one. And if you're late for one, you're late for the next three. Bobsled is a one, two, four person sport. And although we are a team together, we are we're not competing as like a soccer team of like all, all of us competing at the same time. So it's very interpersonal when we train and it does make it very difficult sometimes when I'm just simply not feeling it. <laughs> Cohen has learned to speak up for herself when she's struggling mentally. She takes breaks from practice when her bipolar disorder symptoms become distracting. She understands her body and her mind and the role both play in her elite performance. To me, Simone Biles was the very first time that I'd ever even really, I was so proud of her. I was so happy that finally discussion was open that an elite athlete, especially at her level, the top of the top had mental health issues because we all do, every single one of us. Depends, it doesn't matter the severity of them, but we are all going through something at one point or time or another, and it's okay to step down and tell yourself that it's you need to take a break. Now her sights are set on making the U.S. Olympic team for the Italy 2026 Games in both the monobob and two-woman events. Thanks for listening to episode 84 of Closer Mentality and Maddie Cohen's story. You can catch up with Closer Mentality on social media at Closer Mental on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can also go to the link in the show notes to watch Maddie and I's full interview on the Closer Mentality Uncensored YouTube channel. Thanks so much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Julia Mellick. See you next week. Thank you.